What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince and I and a guest go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. Uh, we are very excited uh, this week um, to welcome our guest uh, live from his own personal quarantine, Sean Keen. How you doing, Sean? Hey, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm safe. Yeah, you know, I'm indoors, inside and safe and fucking. You're all toilet papered up. You know, it. it I I just moved into a place and uh, it's it's a different brand of toilet paper, but uh, we definitely have uh, some. Oh, that's good. Also, so, I feel like I'm pooping less during self isolation. So you know, that so is true. I feel like I've taken less shits as well. I don't really know why. I think I, it's because um, I usually like to let go. When my girlfriend, when I'm not hanging out with my girlfriend, like uh, that's when I really like I save up the doo doo. You're all verklempt with for him. Yeah, and now, yeah. and now I'm just like whenever I need to go, I'm like, sorry, babe, quarantine, <laughs> and, yeah. and then I, then I take a, a deuce. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, we're very excited to have you uh, on this episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Um, uh, are you, you are uh, a Sopranos fan, uh, right, Sean Keen? Yeah, I recently, um, yeah, 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 a big, big fan. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, I don't. That I wish I had more to say. I, I had recently, you know, in the last year, watched the end of it again. Yeah, yeah. So in part, uh, it was kind of delightful to come back to season yeah. two. It is kind of a perfect time, uh, I think, um, you know, to sit and rewatch The Sopranos or watch The Sopranos for the first time. Uh, you know, because, hey, we're in complete lockdown. COVID is destroying the world and we might as well uh, enjoy our last uh, bits of yeah. humanity. It's been almost exactly 20 years. We're like almost we're like releasing these almost like perfectly 20 years on the dot. Oh, yeah. And yeah. actually, there's um, I think 9-11 happens between season two and season three. That's right. Um, yeah. So this this 
I don't know. This is a, the real good sweet spot for season two. I love Richie April. Furio mm-hmm. has arrived now and is yeah, in the yeah. just a great Matthew Bevilacqua is oh, yeah. being really stupid. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. I think it's this great. really is like the one of the most the one of the like most golden stretches of The Sopranos. It it had yes. really just come into its own at this stage of the series. Yeah, yeah, completely, and especially regarding. Uh, Matthew Bevilacqua and uh, his uh, hot weirdo partner. Like th- uh-huh. this is this is when you really start to. Uh, I mean, they really pump up the idiocy of mobsters and people uh-huh. who are involved in the life uh, this season. I mean, you know, there was always like Polly, you know, being a dumbass and whatnot. But this is this season, you really get to see all of the buffoonery that is involved in being uh you know mobbed up so it's it's very exciting but before we get into this particular episode uh we would be remiss if we didn't play the theme song pod 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. And that is just the best theme song anyone has ever made for any show. Um, I wonder if at some point we're going to be asked to um, pay some sort of licensing. No, fee. no, that's fair use. Yeah, that's fair use. That's fair use. That's like that's, that's... like dumb Starbucks on uh, Nathan for you. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That is correct. All right. So this week's episode, we are talking about from season two, episode six, The Happy Wanderer. Uh, Vince, you want to uh, give us a, a little bit of that synopsis? Yeah. So David Scatino, the father of Meadow's friend Eric and the owner of a local sports store, gets on the bad sides of both Richie and Tony when he loses big in two poker games. Paying his respects at a funeral, Tony is forced to deal with the pre- presence of Livia. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Uh, now, this is uh, um, uh, an episode that when did it come out? This what, what? came out. February 20th, 2000, day before my birthday, no big deal. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to take the Wayback Machine. Ooh, let's go in the Wayback Machine, dude. All the way back there, 20 years in about a month. Yeah, almost a month wow. to the day, yeah. So uh, I don't know how many months that is. I can't do math that fast. Who cares? Um, yeah, 241 months? Yeah, sure. Why um, even try? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so some of the headlines uh, that were going on around the country uh, February 20th, 2000. Uh, Bush defeats McCain in the South Carolina primary. Mm. That's the that's the one where he did the robocall. The Karl Rove did the robocalls with the... Oh, saying, yeah, the same thing. about he, his illegitimate daughter. Yeah. The racist robocalls, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And it worked. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's how we got to where we are today. Um, <laughs> from the SF Examiner, Priest admits touching boys. Oh, here we go. Uh, also from the Bay Area, also from the San Francisco Examiner, uh, Bay Area's unreal real estate market. So, you know, the more hey. things change, 
The more they stay the, the same. More, Am I the right? The more they stay the same, dude. Yep, 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 yep. Those real Times estate prices are still high in the Bay Area. Skyrocketing. Woo. Skyrocketing. I oh, think, boy. I think this was the first uh, dot-com bubble, and then... Uh, and then the, has the second dot com bubble burst officially, or did it just kind of deflate slightly? I have I have literally no clue at this point. Um, I guess everything's I, burst at this point. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. The stock market has crashed. Uh, for those of you who are listening, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know it. I, the stock market just keeps going down, and then it'll go up a little bit, and then it'll go down. It's like lost like ten thousand points in the last two weeks. I think that's bad, but at the same time, I don't. I like I own Yahoo stock, and I've just been kind of holding on to that to see what'll happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't really. I, it doesn't really affect me. I don't think. I, I think, mean, it, pro- I it think probably. I think Yahoo's does. insulated from this. Uh, this bear market. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like, yeah. here's the no thing. One, no one goes there anyway. Yeah, so Yahoo's just gonna be around, and and How- like. Yeah. The more people go to it, the better, I guess. But it doesn't matter to me, dude. All I know is that Yahoo's going to make a comeback. Um, <laughs> I wait, this- I'm glad the same people are in charge of running the economy as there were as they were 20 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I'm glad uh, we've learned nothing. I have this weird habit that I must have developed when Yahoo first, I must have developed this like when the internet first came out. Like whenever I'm just testing the internet connection of a computer, I always go to yahoo for whatever reason yeah. just to see if the internet's working and that's the only time i ever go to yahoo but i but consistently i will it's like calling popcorn or something i i, I do the same thing um but also because i i use yahoo.com <laughs> but uh i do it the, one of the reasons why it's helpful is because of the fact that yahoo is such a bloated front page that like not only do you know if the internet is working, but you'll know whether or not it's working fast or slow depending uh-huh. on uh, how fast Yahoo. Yeah, uh, you goes know up. how how fast Yahoo should be. Um, so anyway, the top Anyways. the top movies, uh, February twentieth, two thousand. Uh, this was a president's President's Day weekend, so they released a whole mm. bunch of new ones uh, in almost a dead heat. At the top were the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. Which we all remember, I'm sure. I won't say but, why. But... Yeah, Amanda Pete's titties are in there. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, you're going to say why, but that works. Uh, uh, David Benioff's wife, please. What? Oh, really? really? I didn't know that. Well, he always he always talks about Amanda Pete at when he picks up unearned, uh, undeserving Game of Thrones awards. <laughs> sure. Like, My wife, Amanda Pete. Just so you know, Amanda Pete getting that. You guys see? Yeah. Whole nine yards. You seen whole nine yards? Well, then you've seen my wife's tits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hanging up, uh, snow day. Those were the top three, and then and then <laughs> a couple million below that. There was Pitch Black, which I believe uh-huh. was Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, movie. Yeah, that's the first Reddick movie. That's yeah. right, Redick movie. And uh, the Tigger movie. Yeah, that's right. I I, I low key remember uh, a Tigger movie. What was hanging up? Um, I don't. Oh, it's Lisa Kudrow, I believe, mm. is it hanging up? Damn, is that right? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, it's a comedy drama film about a trio of sisters who bond over the approaching death of their curmudgeonly father. The sisters, uh, were Meg Ryan, uh, Lisa Kudrow, and uh, Diane Keaton. Which they don't. I don't. That doesn't seem like. It would be. They don't seem the like right age. No, yeah, but apparently, well, Diane Keaton directed, so I guess she gets to decide that. Oh, that's crazy! She directed it, that's and she's actually... like, you know what? I'm writing myself as younger. Yeah, yeah. it's a Diane Keaton directed movie uh, with a screenplay by Nora Ephron and Delia Ephron. So you know. Oh damn! There you go. Well, 
We're gonna have to check that out. What what songs were happening around the time uh, this episode was well, released? Vince? Uh, Billboard's site is not working too well these days. But the number one <laughs> song, which I know is "Thank God I Found You," uh, Mariah Carey featuring Joe and Ninety Eight Degrees. I guess his name Who was the just fuck Joe. Was- <laughs> Joe, was there a pop star that was just named Joe? Apparently, he really, uh, he he really like had delusions of grandeur there. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna be the only Joe in the game. That's Joe's good. enough. Yeah, Joe's <laughs> enough. I'm like Madonna, except I'm Joe. Um, he he has a lot of songs on movie soundtracks from the late '90s. That's his thing. He's got Joe's- a song for the wood. Got a song from "Don't Be a Menace" to South Central. He has wow. got a song in "Booty Call." Wow! Yeah, that's a specific that's niche. Yeah, very specific niche. It was like mostly it was mostly hood films, and then what First Wives Club or whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> True. Um, oh, his oh, best selling no. album is called "My Name Is Joe." I see. Thank Thank God I found you. <laughs> Is not a song from Hanging Up. I thought it was. No, oh, it's a Mariah, oh, that would have been incredible. It's a Mariah yeah. Carey song. Mariah Carey should have played one of the sisters, I think. Yeah, that would have worked better. Lisa Kudrow, uh, Meg Ryan, and Mariah Carey. That's a movie. But you know what, Vince? This isn't a Lisa Kudrow, Meg Ryan, and Mariah Carey podcast. This is a Sopranos You're podcast. You're listening to Pod Yourself a Phoebe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so we uh yeah, so we watched this episode, The Happy Wanderer. Um, and let's just uh kind of do a quick runs uh rundown of the Bada B stories. Um so we've got Meadow is checking out colleges. Um uh, David Scantino wants to get in Tony's card game. Uh oh, Meadow wants to sing a solo on cabaret night. Um let's see. Uh Tony has taken over Junior's uh game. Uh, the executive card game, yeah. The executive card game. Uh, let's see. Um, do, do, do. Oh, also, um, Janice uh, is slowly turning into Livia. And then Tony learns, and this is my favorite Bada B story. Tony <laughs> learns he had a retarded uncle named Hercules. <laughs> yes, incredible. <laughs> Does this predate uh, uh, the Nutty Professor? By the way, uh, it is after. Oh yes, That's... it feels like they took took a little took a few liberties there. Wait, but is that man... from Nutty Professor? Hercules, Hercules, and there yeah. was like oh, the fat sure. kid. Yeah, That's right. That's uh, right. It's it's pretty amazing too that they have. The Tony has a retarded brother who's also strong as an ox. Yes, and his name is Hercules Soprano. Yeah, yeah. what an it, inc- what an amazing name. Yeah, it's an amazing name, and also, um, I mean, an unfortunate uh, reveal for Tony. Who, I mean, if he didn't already have uh, enough low self esteem about his perceived genetic defects, like now he's just like fucked up over it, which is, I think, is one of my favorite parts of this is is that like it's not only that he didn't know this but he has to like reckon with the fact that it's like the dude was special (laughs) like yeah like he was special needs and i did love that um uh, during that scene where junior is revealing this to tony um i think tony calls him retarded and then uh junior actually gets offended he's like hey watch your mouth you know Uh, which is, you know, good hashtag woke junior is <laughs> woke junior <laughs> sure. is my favorite junior. Look, he's um, he's an ally. He's he's he sex is. positive. He is sex positive. He 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 eats pussy. He doesn't uh-huh. want you to say retarded. Um, and uh, you know, there's probably other things that he does. Uh, he's okay with a woman, 
um, you know, uh, telling him what to do vis-a-vis uh, -vis Olivia Soprano. Um, you know, he's I think he's an ally. I think sure. I think you're absolutely right. Um, some is. some general thoughts uh, on this episode. Sure. Uh, I thought this was. I didn't feel like this had many weak moments. I don't think it necessarily had like the last two episodes we had probably like the best Polly episode and followed by the sure. best Christopher episode. This God, one, the, the episode before this one is so good. So good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite. And, and for some reason, like I didn't remember this episode at all, but I, but it's strong all the way through. It was great to see Robert Patrick in a non uh, molten metal role. Uh -huh. Yeah, that Which, was the thing. It was crazy because I was like, that's T-1000. And like, I'm stupid enough that every time he's on screen, I just go, that's T-1000. And like, <laughs> like it took a few viewings before I realized what was going on in this episode with him because I was just like, that's him. Yeah. And, and one <laughs> of the things him. that I think, and a lot, of, a lot of episodes do this well, but this one, I think it really does a great mix of Tony being a good boss but also in a in an industry that's just like a provincial such a provincial like penny scraping fucking yeah. small time hood kind of like all of his none of his rackets in this one are particularly sophisticated and uh and he's you know he, he's it reminded me of red or not red uh, lefty in Donnie Brasco uh sure. you know taking the screwdriver to the parking meter to get the pennies out. Sure, sure, He's sure. kind of doing oh, that yeah. to everyone around him in this uh, episode. And not, and not just that, but like, so Chris Moltisanti has this great scene uh, in the fish market. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he is, he just puts a matchbook under the uh, the machine where they, they uh, the scale for the fish so that the fish will cost less. Uh-huh. And, um, and it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing scene because, you know, he does, he probably gets maybe, you know, fucking 15%, 20% discount on that weight. Uh -huh. um, and then he just makes Matthew Bevilacqua and his partner pay for it. Yeah, yeah. It's just. No, it's like, it's, it's good on. Stop. It's good on every level because it's like he he went into that scheme, uh, you know, playing it off like he's going to use his his wits to get one over on this guy. Yeah. So he puts yeah. the matchbook under there. The guy immediately realizes it. So he has to basically threaten the guy. Uh, yeah. So he goes into it being like, oh, I'm going to use my brain for this one. And then he basically has to extort the guy. And then he makes. Yeah, right. And it's to save, you know, probably like a dollar fifty. And then he makes yeah. his underlings pay for it anyway. So right. Just... That he's not even paying for. <laughs> it's just it's an amazing episode in terms of every civilian that gets tangentially near the mob. Yeah. Just gets just gets fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, even uh, including the card game where uh, the executive game that Tony has taken over uh, is populated with uh, mobsters like Silvio, but then also Frank Sinatra Jr. for yes. some reason. And then a doctor, a dick doctor, who they spend, you know, I would say most of the time playing poker just doing uh, wonderful little dick jokes with him. I actually, uh -huh. I have uh, audio uh, for... for <laughs> one of those uh vince do you have that queued up yep i do hopefully you guys can hear it i don't know what's happening with our sound but uh, here you go hey dr freed you know about that viagra shit he won't quit this fucking guy go ahead i heard they were sinking a crate of it down to the titanic to try and raise it <laughs> very good very good oh uh, yeah it's just it's just like wonderful joke uh and also something that they they uh yeah 
all of the civilians, like you were saying, Sean, that get caught up just in any proximity to the mafia end up being either screwed or scared to death. And Uh uh, it's uh, it's really uh, a great, great episode just in terms of like kind of like the the A story that's going on here. um, It does involve uh, T-1000 who is playing uh, David Scantino, who is a sports, uh, you know, he's like a, what do you call it? Like a sports store? He owns a sporting goods store. Yeah, yeah. Sporting goods store, uh, (laughs) and he is a degenerate gambler. And uh, so he comes into the episode already owing Richie Aprile like $10,000, um, or like eight thousand, something like that. Yeah, eight. Yeah, um, it's, eight. it's seven, and then he lo- Yeah, eight. I guess at that poker game. Yeah, uh, and um, you know he's trying to get uh, the, the entire relationship that uh, David Scantino has with Tony is based on kind of a remember when. Like they went to school together, their kids go to school together, um, and you know you can tell that just proximity to Tony Soprano and the ability to talk to him like he's just a guy rather than like a scary mob boss is something that excites uh, David Scantino, but he's also uses it as a way to manipulate Tony into letting him feed his, uh, you know, his gambling addiction. And yeah. it's it's kind of like the, the main plot point in the story and kind of uh, a really good one too. Really uh, fantastic. I like that element that David Scantino is like, uh, the guy who was a high school star quarterback, but 20 yes. years later. Yeah. And yes. it also fits in very nicely with you can tell Tony is like friends with him because they're right. kids are friends. But also, you know, he has that underlying resentment because the thing Uncle Junior says that yes. drives Tony the craziest is you never had the makings of a mar- of a varsity athlete. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So also, you can you can you yeah. can see the resentment for sure. I also have this uh weird reaction to uh David Scatino in that like when I watched this when I was in high school, I probably would have seen that guy and been like, "Oh man, what a fucking loser. He was like a high school quarterback and now he runs a sporting goods store." And now right. I and now I kind of watch it and I'm like, you know, that seems like a pretty good life, uh, owning a yeah, sporting Yeah, like, damn, <laughs> a sporting goods store? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that sounds like a real job where you, like, sell real things and uh, yeah, you sell it real seems things like a nice, stable want. living, and it's, you know, providing a service. Yeah, no, you look at that now, and you go, like, you've got employees? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> You're fucking crushing it, dude. Which I'm is just why, like, yeah. yeah. If somebody tried to like bust out me if I own things, it's like what what would you get? Like uh, some some notebooks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know uh, my PS4. Do I had to pawn my Zoom recorder? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna give them like twenty percent of our Patreon money. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like uh, this guy's four hundred one k is not doing well this week. We should actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's it it is insane. It's just like the now I look at what adulthood is for people in the Sopranos universe. And, uh, and uh, hey, you know what? It makes me wish uh, we could just kind of pivot into a life of crime, you know? At least, yeah. we'd, we, at least we'd have fun. Well, I also think that, like, owning a sporting goods store, like, isn't really a job anymore. Like, I don't think there is. Yeah, I know. Like, there's no local sporting goods store near yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I mean, everything's a chain, and it's probably, you know probably has like shareholders somewhere else like you might be like a general manager yeah i mean you know that's the thing first he gets busted out by the mob next he gets busted out by amazon.com 
That's yeah. just oh man. That, that's the way it goes. That's the real mafia is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> You're the real gangster. Um anyways, so yeah, uh, in general um I also thought David Scatino's entire I don't know demeanor and whatnot um it kind of mirrored this episode is called the happy wanderer and um you know tony is explaining to dr melfi his issue uh with the happy wanderer in, in that like he basically can't stand the people who have no worries in their lives and you know they, they don't worry about money they don't worry about anything they just walk around whistling and how he just wants to you know bust their faces open and throughout this episode, um, you're seeing fucking uh, David Scatino's reactions to losing money. Like when he goes right. into the executive game and he, uh, you know, ends up losing. Uh, I forget how much it was. Uh, 45 grand. Oh, he, 45 grand. 45 boxes of ZD, yeah. as they call it. Um, and then. Tony just, you know, goes and like looks at him. He's about to tell him like, hey, you've got to pay me. You know, this is how you're going to pay me. And David completely ignores the, I guess, the gravity of the situation he's in. And it's just like, oh, man, oh, that sucks. I really got, you know, I thought I was doing pretty well there for a while. But I guess, blah, 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 uh -huh. you know, everything will be fine. How are your kids? And you could tell that like this is Tony looking at a happy wanderer. He's like, oh, this you're not even going to be sad about this. You're not, you're just going to fucking like, I wasn't sure if he was mad at him because he thought he knew he was being manipulated or if he was mad at him because the guy truly seemed to not be worried. About well, I also him. think it was part of it that Tony told him not to do this. Like at every single level, like That's at true. every single uh -huh. stage, he was like, no, don't do You don't want to do this. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, uh, it's, it was, I thought it was a good kind of like, uh, encapsulation of the happy wanderer you know like the fucking the dude whistling down the street yeah. and that's how he saw uh you know his former uh high school friend david scatina and the, like going back to one of our frequent themes on this show which is that like everybody on this show is a piece of shit Tits. which is yeah well, oh yeah you know, everyone on this show is a piece of shit and and just like their own perfect way uh yeah. which is what i think like one of the main things that makes it so good and uh just like to illustrate that like, I think it's such a perfect scene when David Scatino goes home. It's my favorite scene in the episode where he goes home and he, like, makes up a reason why he needs to take his son's uh, truck. And Oh, yeah, that he oh, went off-roading. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. you went off-roading. That's why I'm taking your truck. So he goes and he takes the truck to Tony, like, after... Uh, to pay off part of his gambling debt, and Tony is such a piece of shit that he doesn't he he can't even take the SUV down to like the dealership and trade it in for something different. He fucking yeah, instead he, just... he gifts his daughter her like quasi boyfriend's fucking SUV that his uh -huh. de degenerate dad gave him, and then so then and then so then like Meadow gets it, and her first reaction is like, "Ugh, I knew it was gonna be a car." And, it's, and you're just kind of like, oh, you little bitch. You spoiled little yeah. bitch. You got a car. And the first thing is, well, of course, I knew you were going to get me a car, dad. And uh -huh. then, but then there's like no good guy in that entire situation. Because like Meadows being a, yeah. a spoiled brat. Uh -huh. Tony's a dumbass. And she gets a solo because of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, just what she wanted the whole she time. She ends up getting what she wants. That's she the thing. Everything she wants. Yeah, it is. It is 
quite incredible. And and it's funny because there's a moment um, that happens where this is an interesting Meadow episode because while it's it isn't great like, Meadow episode, yeah, it's not yeah. focused on Meadow. Um, I guess in any in any way other than kind of like getting a little bit into Meadow's psyche and also into uh, the world that she's in because yeah. She really badly wants to get um, a solo on Cabaret Night, which is uh-huh. somehow going to help her get into college. And by the way, oh, right, what right. the fuck? What the fuck is Cabaret Night? So like, they're not. It's yeah. not like a play. It's just like a night where they all sing different songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I guess. And what's what's even weirder to me is like, wait, you like, why does a solo matter? Like, you're singing a song with somebody. Somehow, it's like it's like. Her, the fact that she has to sing a song with somebody. My mother said, you got to give me a solo because otherwise I'm yeah. not going to get into Brown. I, did, I don't know why I went Boston there. but <laughs> She did She did Spider-Woman when she was a sophomore. Guys. She did Spider-Woman when she was a sophomore. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was just like, but now, you know, she has a chance to really shine and get into college with it. It's a very strange thing that she wants. And um, yeah, just in terms of. What, Hi, it's uh, what me. Ends uh, up happening. I, I'm a uh, I'm Professor Reynolds with the Brown uh, Admissions Department. I was gonna uh-huh. admit this promising uh, young girl, Meadow Soprano. You know, she's got yeah. great grades, high. But SETs, then she did a duet. But <laughs> was, she didn't was get there a somebody solo. playing guitar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone uh, uh, someone was playing bass. <laughs> they have picked the perfect music too from this. I think this is a song from Miss Saigon. Yeah. Oh, is it? They just like they aim it just just perfectly for what they'd be doing at this high school. <laughs> as a as a veteran of many cabaret nights and musical theater myself. <laughs> yeah, it is it's interesting. And then I think one of my favorite scenes in it and I have some audio from it. It is a scene where um Tony uh, interrupts um, Meadow and um, and David Scatino's kid. I think Eric is his name. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because they're like they're they're rehearsing during the middle of the day, and he she and he basically is like, "I'm trying to sleep." And then he's about to leave the room, and offhandedly, she wants to uh, tell him a bit of news. And so we have that that audio. Okay. Oh, Aunt Barb called. Uncle Tom's father died. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tom Senior? When? I don't know. Oh, what the hell happened? I don't know. The guy's here almost every Christmas Eve. You don't ask? Somebody says Joe Blow died. No more people ask how. What happened? Jesus. <laughs> I f- that whole scene felt very Italian to me. Like, you don't even ask how he died? Like, I don't know. Something about that rang true to my own experiences just being like oh you can't even care about your own family when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's true. There's part of it that goes like, do you, are you supposed to ask how? Um, but there's also the other part of it where it's just like, there is something you can tell that Tony is low key kind of horrified by the fact that her daughter's like, Oh, by the way, this person who we've known for years and years is dead. Just FYI. And then wants to go back to her yeah. thing. Like that yeah. is the kind of like coldness that he himself has inside of him. Oh but yeah. Like seeing a glimpse of that from his beautiful daughter is like kind of scares. The well shit that, out of and him, it's like, and like, as we've said before, the entire theme of this series is, you know, uh, these people trying to live their like movie conception of what being Italian is where, you know, someone, yeah. someone dies and you moan and you wail and you throw yourself yeah. at the casket and you fucking give each other, you know, envelopes full of cash. And then he's got uh-huh. this shitty little daughter who's just a nineties brat and doesn't give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty great. I thought like Meadows entire arc in the episode is really, uh, it's, it's she does just some really good. It's incredible acting. Like she's, she does that scene especially was amazing. Like her, just her. I have to say, yeah, yeah. On on the rewatch, I didn't. Lo- I remember watching it the first time and being like, I don't know about these kids, and now I think they're really perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like uh, I I was very it, look. Maybe he doesn't have the most dramatic range, uh-huh. but Robert Eiler is so good as. Yeah. Oh. Just a shit. He's always wearing the right shitty outfit for the era too. Like it's he just makes the worst choices at every point. Oh, he's such a perfect yeah. new metal shithead. Yeah. And they were the worst part about it is like that kid essentially grew up to be Jared Kushner. Like yeah, that, like, <laughs> yeah. Like we're living in a world run by fucking failed AJs. Like that's who's running yes. the yes. world right now. A guy who couldn't quite make it as a party promoter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He couldn't hack it. I tried and to get he's the building the <laughs> yeah. isn't he building the corona vaccine? Isn't his company yeah, doing that? Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's currently uh trying to manufacture uh, uh, a if, bunch of if you, ventilators. If we if we manufacture uh the corona vaccine, will you buy my dad's building, please? <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. Um uh another thing in this episode that uh I personally loved and uh it's it's my favorite scene in it is like this is also the best uh silvio i think we've gotten oh i um, thought you were gonna say furio because the furio is pretty great too but yeah i actually disagree with that in terms of i my least favorite and most of it so my favorite scene is angry silvio at the card game and my least favorite scene is um chill furio at the hotel oh no i love that scene because the thing about Furio is like he's he's the best gangster. Like he yeah. he's actually like he does his job really well and he's actually kind of fair. Like when that yeah. guy when he's like trying to extort money from that guy and the guy's like so, what I shouldn't profit from my work and then Furio What I like, shouldn't I'm not gonna make a nickel <laughs> like there's <laughs> Yeah like but can then, I tell you the problem I have with the scene? Well, the problem I, can I have with guess. the scene is well, it's not anti-Semitism. It's not that. It's what it is. Is that every character in the scene? There are three characters in the scene, and I have audio from it, and, uh-huh. and we'll play it after I explain. Every character in the scene is um, 
an ethnic minority caricature yeah to the to the point where i am just like there's something about it just felt off everything about this scene felt off and unnecessary and i I felt like the acting was terrible and the writing it was a weird outlier scene where you've got you know furio is like hey you make the choice this is the choice that you make (laughs) and then you've got the guy like i should leave without a nickel (laughs) and then you got the black prostitute is like oh baby yeah you know i suck that Good, <laughs> yeah, huh, baby. And I'm like, what the f- is this a '70s porn? Just it, play the play the audio. I think, yeah, we can agree on 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 its on the show's racial blind spots. Uh, oh okay. yeah, sure. Here we go. Oh wait, which one? Uh... It it is called the Matt's least oh, favorite. Sorry, scene. there we go. <laughs> we want the room with the stove and the refrigerator. The efficiencies have been booked to paying customers. You people are ruining this place. That's your father's fault. He made it a business deal. We want a lot of clean towels, and the bedroom's fresh smelling. I should work for nothing? Dinaka, you ever uh, suck his dick? <laughs> I make that beanie spin when I work his thing. Am I right? Everything, everything I, about I don't that disagree. was terrible. I don't disagree with what you said, but I, I do enjoy that Furio uh, can, like, explain things in a parable. Like... No, that's true. You're wrong. This is why you should pay, and he's very clear. Whereas, like Tony is never that articulate, and it's always that's true. And it always feels like a personal slight. Where like Furio goes in there and he's like, "This is how, why the business works this way." Ba 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 ba. Yeah, your father made the business a deal. Like, it's just <laughs> like it's too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, personally, I just said it was just one of those scenes that to me was the. There was too many caricatures and the acting was bad and I was just like and also it brings nothing like all all it does is you know that oh this is where they're having the executive card game that's all you learn oh that, I didn't even well it's it's I th- I just thought of it as more like this is more regular civilians getting worked by these yes. guys yeah yeah I actually didn't even uh, put it together that that was the location of the card game until just now. Yeah, it serves no purpose. The scene serves no purpose. I, 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 I just don't understand the existence of that scene. I do but, think it comes off much more anti-Semitic in audio-only form. Oh, <laughs> definitely. What? No, I should actually, not do run a business. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know how business works? Uh, all right. Um, but my favorite, my favorite scene um, takes place during the executive card game. It is, um, and I have audio from it. It's 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 a long clip, but it's like I, I've edited it down to just my favorite moment. With so Furio, uh, not Furio, Silvio is someone who keeps his cool all of the time in this entire series. The only time he doesn't is when he is losing at poker. And uh, Matthew Bevilacqua randomly decides um, because Tony actually tells him to to clean up like. Uh, to sweep up the mess around Silvio's chair, and then he loses his goddamn mind. So I have I have some audio from that. What's the bet? Eight hundred. The fuck could you possibly have? Incredible luck. You're telling me, you miserable fuck. Better check. Don't rush me, sunshine. You're rushing me all fucking night. Dealer controls the game. Thank you. Do you fucking mind? Jesus, do you ever shut the fuck up and blow that fucking smoke somewhere else? What the fuck are you doing? Sil, take it easy. I'm losing my balls over here. This fucking moron's playing Hazel. 
Get the fuck oh, out of here! Lying. I was just trying to sweep the cheese away from Why? Me. Why now? Leave it there! I don't know, I was just... What? Where do you get these fucking idiots, huh? Where do you get them? He's, on, he's sweeping the cheese, I'm trying to get the... Leave the fucking cheese there, all right? I love fucking cheese at my feet. I stick motherfucking provolone in my socks at night so they smell like your sister's crotch in the morning, all right? So leave the fucking cock-sucking cheese where it is! 800. Call. That is a perfect... That is a perfect segment in that... Like, from the start to finish, like, 800, and then it's his process of deciding whether or not he wants to call the bet or or fold. Uh, right. <laughs> and it's like, while his process of deciding is yell at everyone and then shit on Matthew Bevilacqua for trying to sweep the cheese from under his I mean, that uh-huh. was a great scene, but it also feels uh, heavily influenced by I'm All Right, Spider. It does, but at the same time, I, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's, to me, it's a, a more real, uh, less romanticized version of it. Yeah, this is why I love The Sopranos, because it's yeah. not Goodfellas. <laughs> it's, it's fucking, he's just yelling at a dude who's sweeping cheese. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I also think what this episode does uh, really beautifully is it shows like the, the rationalization process when you are like a slime ball and or a grifter, like the way that you rationalize, uh, you know, being a predatory mobster is that most of the people that you prey uh, on are bigger pieces of shit than you are. So right. like Tony can rationalize his entire thing because like he keeps telling David Scatino, like he keeps advising him not to do the thing that he's going to do. And the guy right. fucking does right, it right. anyway. And he's like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Like uh, this guy's a piece of shit. So I had to, I had to treat him like one. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, that is exactly. the way that almost everyone in a predatory even, business works. And he even rationalizes it uh, to his daughter, to Meadow, when when Meadow is, like, horrified that he just basically took uh, his uh, her best friend's dad's car, you yeah. know, um, or her best friend's car, actually. It's, yeah, it's his car. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, tr- and, like, he just says to her straight up, like, you know, a man made a wager. He lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that, like, the fact that he's a grown man. <laughs> he's like, I'm not taking advantage of children here. I'm taking advantage of grown men. <laughs> like, there's, there is a way that he could rationalize his entire lifestyle. But it is, and, he is not wrong. Yeah, well, and the ultimate takeaway from that for Meadow is that she got what she want, wanted all along. So, in, like, yeah. through this entire interaction, like, her takeaway isn't that my father's a piece of shit. I don't ever want to be like him. Her takeaway is mm-hmm. like, well, you know, sometimes you uh, got to fuck people over to get what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And she complains the whole time, even though she is getting exactly what she wants. Also, the best, the other thing about the the part about the solo is going to help Meadow get into college. Uh, yeah. Eric's not going to college anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh... pretty, it's pretty clear that... Uh, any uh, college fund that he has is has been uh, going to be milked dry by Tony, and uh, yeah, it is it is crazy the He's amount just, of wreckage. I, you can just see him like uh, like stick, putting stickers on Nike boxes, like muttering, "I got into brown." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the other thing about um, David Scatino just losing that forty five grand anyway is that he lost most of it to Silvio anyway. Yeah. And yeah. Tony took a cut of the rake. 
Yes. So it's just like it, it's yeah. it's literally like it's it, because it doesn't matter what the realities of like putting money in one pocket, taking money from one pocket and put it into another. Yeah. That doesn't matter. What matters is that a grown man made a wager and he yeah. lost. <laughs> like it, it it look, look, I got these free motel rooms yeah. in this discounted <laughs> fish. Yeah. So I deserve, you know, a hundred grand from this poker game. <laughs> so true. It's like free motel rooms, discount fish through a grift. Oh. And he's like, unbelievable that you would that you would bet this much of my money back to me. Yeah. And then let's and not it's for- all for the privilege. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, let's not forget like the scene where, you know, they're counting their money in their fucking uh, shitty hotel room where hookers usually go uh, with their yeah. feet up on the desk being like, did you ever think that we would be the kings of the world like this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the executive game. Yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's the other purpose of the uh, ethnic stereotype roundup scene, just to yeah. be like, yeah, let's let's just remind you of how shitty this location uh, yeah, is. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right that it is. It's it's to point out that like this is not a fine establishment. This is the best you can do in Jersey. <laughs> You know, and uh, yeah, so that's that is fair as uh, with regards to that being who, uh, a useless scene. Who do you think the Frank Sinatra Jr. of 2020 would be? Oh God, that's such because we're talking about Italian. It would still be an just Italian, like Italian pseudo celebrity, like a yeah, like a Jersey, like a big time Jersey celebrity. Like it have D-list. to be the situation. Who's 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 I don't know who else is there. The, the, there's like. The situation is the is the most famous recent Italian American trash person that I know. But is there like yeah. is there like an Italian American singer that's out right now? I don't know. I don't, Frankie Valli Jr. Yeah, no, because that's too close. But yeah, I, it's it's hard to say. Uh, but uh, you know, if it were ten years ago, I would have said the situation. If it was, I don't know, this year. No, I God, think I think it's I think the situation is pretty dead on. Because if it was. Like ten years ago, it would have had to be like the situation, Junior. That's it's right. Like, he would be too famous. Yeah, He'd be too yeah. famous. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I also love that the uh, you know the people who can afford this game are uh, Frank Sinatra Junior. and a dick doctor. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, know, yeah. you know who should be? It should be fucking Kevin Smith's daughter. Who the fuck oh. is Kevin Smith's daughter? I don't know, but he's a Jersey. He's a Jersey luminary. Yeah, like he's a he's like the modern day, uh, you know, Jersey boy made good. I, honestly, if we're talking real life, if we're talking real life, uh, who would be in a new new, new uh, Jersey executive poker game? It would be some side character from the Sopranos. Yeah. So it would be like, yeah, yeah, it would be Steve. It would be the guy who plays Bobby Bacala. Yeah. Steve yeah. Zero yeah. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Or it'd be, uh, yeah. The, whoever plays Vito Spadafore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, I think the, we got I the think, queer from Sopranos here. I think this is his first episode. Actually, It is. Well, it's his first, it's his second episode, but his la- his first episode, he, he was playing somebody else. He was, wait a second. Was Vito uh, okay. was Vito Spadafore in this episode? He was as Vito Spadafore. Where 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 was he? I didn't. He was in the him. card game. Yeah, he was the in first the card, card game, ga- not the executive game. The first card game. Oh, the one with Richie. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, we, he actually. Yeah, it's uh, Joseph Ganascoli, and uh, he appeared. Yeah. He appeared in the Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti as Gino. That was our episode yeah. with LP. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so, so that was that was the first. That's where he just decided they they. I love that they brought him back. I love that they were like, this guy's good. He's got something. There's something to his face and his roundness. He should be a gangster, not just some guy in a fucking pastry shop. Um, what uh, another thing um, in this episode, and I have some audio from this as well. Um, I loved uh, hearing uh, Tony's explanation about um, the happy wanderer and what makes him mad about it. But the audio that I got, and I have part one and part two, um, the audio I have is... Uh, to me, I more so than anything love that uh, in trying to explain it, he just threatens her. And then <laughs> when she asks him to expand on the threats, he takes that as a threat. Uh, <laughs> it's just let's and he kind of keeps doubling down on the threat. Yeah. Yeah. While yeah. explaining, it's not really a threat, but yeah, I would, I would people... really like it if this threat was real. And every time she brings it up, he's like, oh, women. Why do women <laughs> like just... like you? You asked me how I was doing. I said I wanted to kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why are you? Why are you being so sensitive? Exactly. It is. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I have some of the audio. Do you want to tell me what you're thinking? Believe me, you don't want to know. You want to know what I'm thinking? Seriously? Oh, can you pause it? I'm thinking I'd like to take a... That's, <laughs> what really... that's the question that, that leads to this. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking? And then he goes, "You don't, believe me, you don't want to know what I'm thinking. And then there's a long pause and he goes, you don't want to know what I'm thinking? <laughs> Which I love it because like, yeah, uh, clearly he really wants to say what he's thinking. <laughs> and and like the fact that he he gets mad about it. I'm sorry keep keep going. Well also also by the way this is like his he just got back into therapy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like she just allowed him back. The first back half in. of the season he's not she's like I really don't like this. And then yeah. Hey, we starting up again? Oh, I want to kick the I want to oh, beat the yeah. shit out of you. <laughs> Why I want to go break and smash your fucking face in a fucking hamburger. Okay. I'm not. Don't worry. You asked, I told. But you'd like to smash my face. Not really. It's just a way of describing how I'm feeling. Do you think making hamburger out of me would make you feel better? Mother of Christ, is this a woman thing? You ask me how I'm feeling. I tell you how I'm feeling. And now you're going to torture me with it. Is that is that the whole clip? That's part one. You want to go to part two? Okay, now now play part two. I just like to hear the rest. It's everything and everybody. I see some guy walking down the street, you know, with a with a clear head. You know the type. He's always fucking whistling like the happy fucking wanderer. And I just want to go up to him and I just want to rip his throat open. I want to fucking grab him and pummel him right there for no reason. Why should I give a shit if a guy's got a clear head? I should say I salute. Good for you. Let's get back to smashing my face. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> I love it so Again much. with my shrink trying to make me explain my feelings. It's uh, very God. Hey, you know, you know I broke your coffee table in a rage, but yeah. God, why, why are you overreacting? It's like in the room when... <laughs> 
the scene in the room where Tommy Wiseau is talking to Peter and he goes, but you're a psychologist. Don't you have some advice? And then like five minutes later, Peter is like saying something like uh, giving advice about something. And <laughs> Tommy goes, you're always playing psychologist with us. It's like, <laughs> it's like bro, bro, you are talking to your shrink right now and you're mad at her for trying to do her job about you saying you wanted to beat her to death and make her face into a hamburger. It is, uh, it's very wonderful. And, and it also, um, it, it gives a great explanation into uh, uh, the theme of this episode. And I gotta say in a lot of, you know, episodes of the Sopranos, you know, you've got a, a title and sometimes the title's good. Sometimes the title's bad. And this one, the title really, um, I, I really love it because of the fact that it does explain exactly who, um, Tony um, despises the most and not just in this episode but in um, the entire series it's anyone who is expressing either joy or tranquility <laughs> anyone who like doesn't wear their stress on their face like it's one of the reasons he hates Janice like one of the big reasons he hates he hates Janice is because Janice never felt any pressure to like be with the family, help them out, especially when times got hard, and just it like kind of floats through life, not giving a shit. It's one of the reasons he kind of hates AJ. <laughs> like yeah. it's like everyone he hates is can be described as uh, a happy wanderer, and uh, it was nice to to kind of have that spelled out in this episode. Yeah. Also, like, do we want to we want to talk about the biggest? Uh, I mean, other than Hercules, there was yeah. also the reveal that uh, Livia may have been holding out money this entire time. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. Um, that it was, it didn't really go. I didn't see it go anywhere in this episode, other than just the explanation of the fact that Livia was holding well. Both more money. Janice and and uh, Uncle Junior are. Uh, implying that Livia's got a big nest egg that she's not, she has not revealed yeah. yet. Right, and we know that Janice is after that nest egg. We've yeah, seen right. her digging, <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, um, I I mean, I, I I didn't get much from that other than kind of what I'd already knew, which was the fact that like you know, uh, at least Livia has implied that there's some money somewhere. Um, but what I did enjoy, speaking of uh, Livia's presence in the episode, was um, the fact that Janice is kind of taking a sort of Livia role with um, with Richie April. Yeah, uh, th- there's just the being of, the worst in general. Well, being the worst, but also like trying to, uh, you know, trying to poison him against tony so that she can you know basically just so she can get some money i think livia was poisoning junior against tony so that um because she's an asshole who wants Uh who wants to kill her children but um i think janice was doing it just to to fucking so she could be dating someone who was big in the mafia well yeah Um, she just seems like generally like the kind of person who would goad her boyfriend into getting in a fight that he loses. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's a, she's definitely the the type of person who like, if someone spilled a drink at, on her at a bar, she would be like, I'm going to get my boyfriend to come in here and kick your ass. You know? <laughs> yeah. And 
Yeah, and like if the boyfriend didn't want to, it would be like, pussy! Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you call yourself a man? Yeah, you know, man. Um, but uh, she said some shit in this episode to Richie that's fantastic. And one of the things was she's explaining <laughs> that um, the amount of money that he got uh, to go back out on the street was like forty or forty-five thousand dollars, fifty grand, or $50,000. And then Janice was saying that's the exact same amount that everyone gets when they come out of prison. And that was like back in the 70s. And, you know, she's basically trying to do well with inflation <laughs> this comes yeah. right. to half a million dollars. <laughs> and Back and of the envelope but, calculation there. Yeah, and then she just says to him, you know, $50,000, mailmen make more than that. And it's just like the ability that she and Livia have to just tear someone down to a degree where their like masculinity is is just, I mean, they've (laughs) just- While also shitting on a third party that- (laughs) Yeah. Like if a mailman's nearby, he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, (laughs) hey, I make an honest living here. (laughs) I lose in my balls here. That's uh, I just love that line so much. Um, yeah, so that was that was interesting, and you know we're gonna see more of what's happening with Janice um, and Richie's delightful relationship as the season wears on. Um, I think uh, in terms of uh, the uh, segment, it's the '90s. Um, all we really got was um, at one point. Polly says, can I get AIDS from you? No, that's from the last episode. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. Okay, well, let's uh, let's delete that. Oh, um, but you got, you got Wayo. I, I was wondering about that, too. Yeah, so um, now it's time for our segment, Gabavafangul, in which we uh, say what uh, kind of Italian-American words we found. The only one I got was at one point, Tony says uh, to David uh, Scatino, um, hey, let's go back in. They're at a college doing a tour. Let's go back in and see see what else that Wayo says, talking about a professor. Apparently, uh-huh. Wayo means boy, and we have a little bit of Stevie B to explain Wayo. Sorry, queuing that up. Cue it up. It's queued. There we go. Uh, God. Is this, God is this a master class? Fucking- okay, here we go. Hey, how you all doing? I'm Stevie B, and the Italian-American slang word of the day is Wyo. Wyo. When I was a kid, and I would act up, my pops would come in dangerously close, give me that look, and say, you better take it down a notch, Wyo. Medigan. When I was a rambunctious young lad, every once in a while... My father would step in close to my proximity, give me quite a stern look and say, you best calm down, boy. Why, oh, and remember, sharing is caring. (laughs) Thank you, Stevie B, for why, oh, that was amazing. You know, it's like every other episode, I find one of these like Italian-American slang words, and every other one of them, Stevie B has an explanation. And yeah. I got to say, 
I uh, shout out to Stevie B. I hope you're still alive. I hope he's staying safe during the COVID nineteen quarantine. Yeah, stay, stay. Yeah, I hope you are staying safe in um whatever place in let's be honest, probably New Jersey. You're at probably right New now. Jersey. Yeah. yeah, possibly um, like Eastern Philadelphia. Yeah, possibly Eastern Philadelphia. <laughs> could be Long but, Island. You know, yeah. Could be, but let's be real. New Jersey, stay safe out there. Um. All right. I guess. Uh, what do we say? We got any final thoughts? Final thoughts in this episode? I thought it was a great episode. No weak moments for me. Yeah, I only had the one weak one. What about you, uh, uh, Sean? You got any uh, favorite uh, parts? Weakest parts? You know, I love Frank Sinatra Jr. in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like every time that uh, Sean and Matt try to suck up to Tony. Yeah, there's a moment where they say where they go up to him and say T and he immediately says, Tony. Yeah, I love that. Like, I I hate you. I hate you. (laughs) Yes. He Also, at one point, uh, fucking uh, I think it was Chris Moltisante says uh, he's like talking about someone, you know, call him Bob or whatever. And then and then Sean is like, is that Bob Bob from Long Island or something like that? And he's like, yeah, do you know him? He's like, no. And he's like, then let me finish the fucking story. He just like they these guys like to to them, mafia, mafia dudes that they like slightly know are basically like, uh, you know, it's like trading cards. Like they're not in that life fully. So to them, they're just excited that, you know, they're he's telling a story about a guy I know. It's like from like a podcast extended universe is what I like to think. <laughs> yeah. You think there's a podcast that's just actual mobsters talking about mob business? Probably gotta not. Be. It's got to be. I think that's what they're all doing now. That's the new racket. It's podcast. The new the new racket is podcast. Use promo code Vafunku. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys uh, did you guys like Frank Sinatra Jr.'s actor? You know, here was the thing. I thought that Frank Sinatra Jr. Um, when I saw him, I was just like. You know, he kind of looks like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I wonder if that's actually Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah. Turns out that is actually him. Sure. And, um, so I was impressed with it because I thought it was an actor playing Frank Sinatra Jr. Because I, let's be honest, I don't know what the fuck Frank Sinatra Jr. looks like. Kind of looks like Frank Sinatra. Kind of looks a lot like Frank Sinatra. Did they call him Chairboy of the Board? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> it's like the perfect... Uh, the perfect like kind of funny insulting but also like total dad joke yes yeah for it's, this that is uh another the segment. height of humor for the soprano crew it's another segment that we have on the show called dad jokes and that was one of them and the other one to me was uh dropping a shipment of viagra in the sea to try to raise the titanic yep you know these are these are jokes. What I love about the Sopranos' uh, relationship to dad jokes is how excited they are to tell them. Oh yeah, uh-huh. like it's it's what makes them dad jokes because <laughs> they're not just jokes. They're like, oh wait, wait do you hear this one? Um, you also get to see. I, I feel like my about the dad jokes. Watching season two, you realize one of the reasons Tony has such a hard time uh, recognizing what's going on with Pussy. Yeah, is that Pussy's the only one that gets the closest to being legitimately funny and yeah. witty because yeah. otherwise he's just talking to Polly <laughs> and Christopher all day and it's like oh my god yeah 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 for sure um let's see and finally 
Um, the uh, other thing that I, I like in this episode is... Nope, that's it. That's the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I was wondering I, where you're going with that. I was like, I feel like we were putting it to bed there, but okay. Yeah, yeah. we were we Matt, were putting it to bed. Matt had a false uh, false misdirect there. I had a false misdirect. Or a real misdirect. Um, yeah, whatever. Oh, it was uh, like favorite scene, least favorite scene was David listening to the Eagles. Oh, yeah, I think that. Well, yeah, like like we were saying, the musical choices in this were so perfectly on brand, and uh, that guy. Yeah. He very much seems like what the dude is uh, pissed off when he's think- thinking about why he hates the Eagles. It's, it's yeah, this yeah. Guy. yeah. <laughs> he just hates David Scatino. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, all in all, I would say uh, this is a fantastic episode of The Sopranos, barring that one scene I didn't like. Um, solid and B plus. Another, another solid B plus. Another fantastic yeah. episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Um, Sean Keen, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Where where can people find you? We know you uh, do a, a regular NBA podcast called Round Rock Pod. Uh, yeah, Round yeah, Ball well, Rock. Yeah, you can you can check that out at Round Rock Pod, patreon.com slash Round Rock Pod. Uh, also, I've got two pieces on Yard Barker this Ooh. week. Site one's about uh, Vince Carter being a Hall of Famer, and uh, the other one's about my proposal that because of the virus and for just good reasons, the NBA should just start every year on Christmas Day. Oh, interesting. Just just, st- just start on Christmas. Kick off on Christmas Day, dodge the NFL, play the finals in August. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Vegas Summer League would be like a more reasonable temperature. Yeah. Just think it, just think it works well. It does work well. I, You know what? I love that idea. And Christmas is a great time to start. It's a beautiful yeah. time. Um. So yeah, check out uh, Round Ball Rock with uh, Sean Keen uh, and uh, Joey Devine. Uh, the uh, you know email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns at broadcast at gmail You might be saying, why don't you do a pot yourself a gun at Gmail? Because we don't fucking want to. Broadcast <laughs> at <Yeah>. gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com slash broadcast for your bonus episodes of the broadcast, a different podcast, which we've been doing for longer. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'll uh, I'll send you. Is there a format that this is preferred in? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wave MP3 flack, whatever you want. Probably just a wave file. Okay. Okay. Uh, great. And oh yeah, and who should I send it to? Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, tight. 
Okay, I'll send this to you right now. Yeah, good job. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, good luck with uh, the homeschooling and the isolation. Yeah, I was gonna. I think I'm. I think I'm not gonna go to the grocery store for a couple days. Actually, I'm just gonna wait. Oh shit! All right, all right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah otherwise you're a goner all right all right bye when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.